Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey Dave. Yeah Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cosy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. How are we doing, team? Back again for another episode. Oh. <laughs> um, I hope you're well. I hope you're safe. As always goes without being said, thank you once again for joining us for another episode of the Battlefield Show. Um, sun is splitting the trees as I set it. Where, where did that uh, saying come from? The sun is splitting the trees. No idea, but as I sit here, the sun is um, basking into the studio stroke office, stroke spare bedroom, where we record, broadcast, create this masterpiece. That you're... Listen, I'm not going to lie to you, I am uh, full of coffee, and I, and I haste yesterday in, in Asda, um, I have picked up the wrong coffee, um, I, I, I'll have a... What you may call a a, a a medium blend, you know, a, a a soft daytime coffee, right? That's that's there to to get you through the day, all right. And uh, what I've done is I've I've picked up um, a coffee which I believe to be of um, well, it's the same brand, right? I'll tell you what it is: Nescafe, Nescafe. 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 
Uh, and I've picked up the one I thought was mine. And in my haste, I, I appear to have picked up um, a slightly darker, sli slightly stronger uh, roast, if you will. And um, it's it's given me a charge. It's not quite a Skull Crusher. Uh, shout out to Skull Crusher Coffee. If anybody from Skull Crusher is listening, for the love of God, sponsor this podcast. Um, I mean, that stuff will awaken your dead ancestors. But uh, this this is uh, this is up there. This is up there. Um, too much for uh, a daytime, you know, working coffee, if you like. Too much for that. Um, but certainly not up there with a supercharged uh, coffee. O on a side note to the coffee front, um, long-term listeners will know, you know, da, big fan of the coffee. Um, we are slowly and steadily building our knowledge and our love um, of the coffee game, the coffee industry. Um, as it was my birthday last week, I got some wonderful, uh, wonderful gifts from the good lady. Um, and I finally got my wee uh, Vietnamese coffee dripper. You know, you may you may have seen these um, in your fancy uh, coffee shops. Um, you may have been sitting and you may think to yourself, what is a Vietnamese coffee? And then it arrives and you think, my God, isn't that wonderful? Long story short, Vietnamese coffee, um, it, it's a wee dripper. It's a wee dripper. It's it's a kind of if you, if you think about it, it looks like a little metal teacup on a saucer. If you can imagine that, um, sits on top of a glass. Um, I think the traditional way to drink Vietnamese coffee is obviously iced, um, because um, I've never been to Vietnam. The good lady has, but I, I believe in Vietnam, it's uh, how you say fucking roasting. So you're not going to be drinking a boiling hot. Although. Again, I don't know if it's an old wifey's tale. I can vividly remember, when you're young, you, you remember certain things about childhood, certain memories. Um, and one that's always stood for me, I've said it before, every year we used to go to Blackpool, St Anne's, we used to go to St Anne's, every, Lytham St Anne's, uh, every year, right next to Blackpool. Um, and Lytham is the, is the kind of posh uh, version of Blackpool. If you can, I mean, that's not really difficult to imagine, a posh version of Blackpool. But um, we used to go there every single year, and we used to go um, to a cafe, uh, a, a greasy spoon, if you will, which, do you know what? There needs to be a rise um, of the cafe, right? The cafe needs to make a comeback, because we, we are going down the road of, uh, you know, hipster, you know, high-end, but it's no high-end, you know, this kind of... Actually, I used to work in a Michelin-starred restaurant, and then I realised that cooking for the man just isn't for me. So here is a deconstructed lemon tart, and it's £17.50. Does it come with ice cream? Does it fuck? You can get ice cream, though, that's an extra 95 pence per scoop. We need to get away from that, and we need to go back to an old-fashioned greasy spoon. These cafes that I once knew, once frequented in my youth, uh, seem to be dying out. And I don't know if it's it's because it's no cool or it's no trendy. You know, but I tell you what they are. They're honest. Reasonably priced. I have one running the corner for me uh, in Leith, in Edinburgh. And uh, nothing fancy, you know. Nothing fancy, right? But you'll get a good baked patotti 
you got to get, tell you what else you'll get. Tell you, tell you what a, a, a fucking greasy spoon cafe does well. A toasty. I said it. A toasty. A mere five to ten minute walk, depending on how rotund you are, there is a, what I believe they call, a gourmet cheese shop. And it does uh, cheese toasties, right? Well, it's like melted cheese, they call it. It's a cheese toasty, right? Double, if not treble the price of what you would pay for a cheese toasty in this greasy spoon stroke cafe. And I tell you this, the cafe's fucking better. Do you know what used to get like, in cafe culture? And you still get it because I've, I've seen it with my own eyes. doesn't matter what you offer. Uh, order, sorry. doesn't matter what you order. Cheese toasty, tuna baked potato, spaghetti carbonara. Doesn't matter what you order, you're getting a side salad with it. On the plate, side salad. And it's going to be lettuce, chunks of tomatoes, no no diced. You might get sliced at a push if they can be asked, but you're probably going to get lettuce, quartered tomato, and grated carrot. On how much money has been wasted by cafes making side salads. I mean, is it for... It's presentation, that's what it is. It's presentation. You eat with the eyes first. You know, and, and they're taking pride in their work. They're not just saying, listen, I know that we're just a... We're just a wee shite cafe. We're just a greasy spoon. You know, it's like, listen to me, Sandra. We can still offer high-end... With a side salad. Every plate, my darling. Half an iceberg lettuce. Two tomatoes quartered. And a grated carrot. On every plate. With canny Franco. That's mental. I'm telling you, hen. Cheese toasty. Side salad. Baked potato. Side salad. Special of the day. Side salad. Soup in a roll. Side salad. <laughs> side salad. Is the very thing that separates these greasy spoon cafes from the rest, and it's probably the very thing that keeps them on the edge of financial ruin. Is the goddamn side salad? Why? Why are they? I mean, I know back in the day, back in the day, they may have been referred to as a greasy spoon, but no, it's a, it's a, it's an almost a nostalgia term. You know, it's no, a, it's not a derogatory term. As maybe it once was. Um, so to get back to Blackpool, we we were we used to go to this cafe, um, and I remember you would get because it was England, right? Sausage, egg, and chips, um, and it was delicious. Nothing wrong with it, you know. Sausages, good egg, good chips. Who can, who doesn't love chips? Eh? you were away. In, so I remember that it was an old fashioned like salt and vinegar on the table, looked like a chippy. You go to put that on yourself, you were excited by it. Uh, the woman took pride in her place, the tomato sauce came inside a wee bowl, you'd scoop it on, right? You know, I added a bit of theatre to the whole affair. All, all of these fancy restaurants, big chefs, right? The people go there and it's, it's a piece of theatre. This is how, this is how it's been done before. But the humble greasy spoon, you, you go on to a restaurant now and they come out, and they have some kind of foam, you know, over the top of your dinner, or you see a tiny wee jug 
I like sauce and the the maitre d or the fucking whatever it is will will pour it on for you to finish the dinner. That's no different than a cafe leaving out a, a sugar bowl filled with tomato sauce for you to scoop on. It's the same fucking theatre. You know? We shouldn't turn our nose up at this stuff. And I tell you something if we don't all die for the apocalypse, you know, I think I think there's gonna be a I think there's going to be a, 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 a push back towards that kind of dining. Because it's honest, reasonably priced, and you get, you get fed. Do you know what I mean? It's, some, it's somebody's maw in the back cooking. Cooking good, wholesome, more food. Keep you fed. And I remember in the cafe, my wee granny, right, come rain or shine, Rain or shine, it could be fucking 35 degrees in the shade, as summer was back then. She would always have a cup of tea. And I remember the woman coming round, uh, and again, hard-working people, you know. The woman's cooking the dinner, she's taking the orders, she's running the show, herself. Herself. Hard-working women, keeping this country going, fed, watered. And she came round and she went, what can I, what can I get you? And I went, just jagged chips. And I says, I'll have a can of iron brew. Because they stocked iron brew. Now, I don't know if that was one of the reasons why we went there. But iron brew. And then my wee granny says, I'll have a pot of tea. Not even a cup, a pot. A pot of tea. And uh, I said, are you mad, gran? It's 35 degrees in the shade. And the woman, never forget it, said, when, it's, when your body's hot, if you take a warm drink, it, it regulates your, your temperature. Now, I imagine that is utter bullshit. I can't even begin to imagine how that works. It's roasting outside, you're roasting, so drink a warm drink, and that'll balance you. I don't know if it's meant to bring your internal temperature up to the outside temperature, so it just feels like it's temperature. I don't know. But that's stuck with me. Stuck in my head. That on a hot day, you drink a hot drink, and somehow that kills you. Down. I don't know, don't ask me to explain it, but back to the Vietnamese coffee. How the fuck have we gone off on this tangent for nearly 12 minutes? The Vietnamese coffee uh, is normally consumed cold in Vietnam, right? In Ho Chi Minh City, in the DMZ. But obviously here in the developed West, where it's fucking bitter cold, then we have the... Um, Vietnamese coffee hot. So you get a wee dripper, coffee in, screw the wee top down, cut the turns back to leave a bit of gap, fill it with the water, and you let it drip. Now you, you drip it oddly over condensed milk. Right? And I think that's the first thing that when I when I very first had a Vietnamese coffee, I went, oh, oh, oh I, this, this, this is new. Um, went my old friend around, Jim Muir, took me to a cafe, Montgomery's, uh, which no longer exists in Glasgow. Uh, it's now a wanky brunch place, and um, he says, do you want a Vietnamese coffee? I went, oh, fucking, do I want a Vietnamese coffee? Yes, I do. What is a Vietnamese coffee? And it arrived, uh, a little bit of condensed milk, and then you let it drip over, you know? It's uh, a lot of our stuff, whether it's Scottish or British, it's all, it's all very it's all very fast. You know, we, we, don't, we, we don't take the time to... Enjoy things, settle into things, the way other 
countries, other cultures do. It's it's not in our makeup, it's not in our DNA. Everything's fast. Everything's get it, fucking stick it in your face, consume it, move on. Everything's it's always we're always doing we're always in a rush. You know, no no one's and it doesn't come natural to us to just sit. And you're maybe going, Gibbo, you're you're scraping the barrel on this one, mate. It's just a fucking coffee. But I'm telling you, it's more than a coffee. How many of us, how many of you listening? Now I've done it in the past. Get up, get to work, blast a shift, come home. You never even then, when you come home you you've maybe got a young family, maybe got an old family. 101 things to do. You try to maintain a social life, you try everything's rushed. You know, everything's mate, I can I've got twenty minutes, mate, and then I need to go and pick up that or do that thing or I could probably pop in there for an hour and then I've got to, listen, see if I come by yours at six o'clock on Tuesday, is that alright? Because I've got to come back and do it. Everything's time, everything's rushed. And then you get a wee Vietnamese coffee, right? And normally when you order a coffee, it arrives. Either an Italian coffee, right? A good a good fat white or a latte. Or even an espresso. It arrives, and if the barista is of high-end, top quality, a coffee should always arrive at the correct temperature for you able to start drinking. You should never have to blow on your coffee or wait for it to cool down. You know, and, and if that happens to you, you're not in a good coffee shop. Coffee should always arrive at the perfect temperature for you ready to drink. You know, and you, you order a, even if you go to Bar, Bar Italia, Bar Napoli, you know, and you get the finest old-fashioned cranking one lay machines. And the guy comes out, you know, He's like a cappuccino. You're like, that's for me, big boy. Enjoy, senor, cappuccino. You know, and you, you get stuck straight in. I know, right? You might sit back and you may converse. Maybe that's what it all comes back to, just taking time. You know, but you don't, you don't have the option to rush with the Vietnamese. Huh? Those lads. You get the Vietnamese coffee and you sit and you wait. Dis- at Disney, at Dis- this is the thing, at Disney arrive to you ready. You know? It arrives in a state of undress. Where, where else? What other food or drink item would you be able to, to say that that happens to you? You're not going to order a steak in a restaurant and they bring a cow out to the table? You know, saying, hold out to that lead for a minute, we'll be back in five. We're going to sharpen the blades. No, no, no. Some things you want prepared, fully formed, ready to go. But with a Vietnamese coffee, it arrives in a state of undress. Teasing you. Showing you that little layer of condensed milk as it slowly trips away. And maybe you talk. You talk to the person you're with. Or maybe you're alone and you just sit and you contemplate. You know, you breathe, you go over things, you think, you take the time till it drips through, just to enjoy life. And then when it's ready, you give it a wee stir, and it's perfect. 
Vietnamese coffee. Try it. <laughs> right. Um, let me just say once again, thank you to everybody who has liked, subscribed and shared uh, previous episodes of the podcast. Um, and also to those of you who have now joined the Patreon, the Patreonies, if you would like to support the show and you would like to access all of the content that comes out from the show, then the only way to do that is to become a patron on Patreon. Um, every single Wednesday, the podcast comes out, and if you would like to access the extra episodes, it's an extra one a week, every single Friday, a Patreon-only episode drops, then you got to sign up. Um, and it's only $5. Um, it's, a, it's a great way to support the show. And it's a great way for you to access all of the stuff that comes out. As a patron, you, at the moment, you will also get access uh, free of charge to all of my comedy albums, which are available to patrons for free. Alternatively, you can buy them from my website or from Bandcamp. And you can also watch the comedy special Life After Death, um, again, free to patrons on Patreon. Or you can also buy it on the website if you'd like to do that. The website is scottgibsoncomedy.co.uk and you should also sign up to the mailing list on the website. It is the best way to find out about upcoming gigs, specials, one-off things um, once life returns to normal. Um, so do that uh, today. Join the Patreon, sign up to the mailing list and head over to the website and check out some of the merch. Um, the last episode that came out on Friday, Patreon, uh, was a wee belter, so it was. Polynesian Pearl Diver was its title. Um, aye, it's a cracker. And uh, if you sign up now, you'll get access to all of the previous Patreon episodes that are on there. I think there's like 17 episodes um, that are waiting um, for you to listen. Um, so subscribe now. Go to patreon.com forward slash Big Scott Gibson, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Big Scott Gibson. Or go to the website and follow the links to the Patreon there. Do it. No. Apparently this month, uh, July, which we're in, uh, almost at the end of, um, is Plastic Free Month. Did you know? Because I certainly did not. Plastic Free Month. Now, I know that, you know, every month has got something uh, going for it. Uh, Plastic Free July. I'm just looking this up here to get the... uh, Full terminology of this. One thing that I have found um, since certainly lockdown, it still it still blows my mind that we are almost at the end of July and we're still talking about this. When you when you when you think back to the old days at the start, you know when people were going fucking mental for toilet roll and pasta. <laughs> I wonder if there's I, as I'm saying it, I can guarantee there will be, there will be someone. At this very moment, right, who still has toilet paper in their house that they bought right at the start of lockdown. Like, they went absolute insane, like, Costco-level insane, buying thousands of rolls of toilet paper. And I guarantee you the fuckers have still got it. Or people buying, like, tons of dried pasta. Wayne's going, I can't eat pasta again, Mum, this is too much. 
but you need to... I can't have it anymore. Pasta, breakfast, lunch and dinner. <laughs> the poor woman's gone mental trying to research pasta dishes. I could put it in soup. I could break it up and put it in soup. So July, um, apparently it's Plastic Free Month. Did you know? Uh, Plastic Free July is a global movement that helps millions of people be part of the solution to plastic pollution. So we can have cleaner streets, oceans and beautiful communities. Will you be Plastic Free July by choosing to reuse single-use plastics? Um, Again, website, uh, plasticfreejuly.org. .org! It's government. Um, and it's encouraging people to to go to go plastic free um, for the for the whole month. The reason why I found it funny that um, I, I heard an advert for this is because I have I've never seen so many people with it with the plastic bags in supermarkets as I have done the last couple of months. It's it's almost as if People are not showing their true colours. That's that's far too extreme, and that's wrong of me to say that. But any 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 goodwill or any any feelings that people had towards the environment or things like single use plastic or you know taking your bags to the supermarket because you've got you can't be buying plastic bags. As soon as the pandemic hit and people are people's health is at risk, all that is out the window. You know, it's as if, like, if someone was in the house was, for example, to lose their job, right, and for a couple of months it's going to be really difficult and tight. So the first things that go is maybe you don't have Sky Sports anymore, right? Or, you know, for example, you've got to cut back on certain things. So then it becomes very clear to you what is important and what's... It's not that it's not important, that it's just not as important or not as... It's not a necessity. And it feels as if people have decided things like plastic bags or recycling right now is out the window. I can remember before the pandemic started, sometimes you would go to the supermarket and there wouldn't even be... like The option for a plastic bag wasn't there. I can vividly remember a couple of times different supermarkets getting to the end, forgetting bags leaving a trolley, having to go back out to the car, and that's, I mean, that's my own fault, the, the bags are in the fucking car, it's not that I'm completely forgetting it, I just don't take out the book, because I'm a man, I'm an idiot, no, piles of plastic bags, sitting waiting for you, so it's interesting certainly that things like Plastic Free July are coming up when it seems as if people are just no bothering anymore to even to even worry about that kind of thing, and and I know that again that's probably a, a you know a, a broad sweeping comment, but I think maybe people are not necessarily worrying about that kind of thing, right? Which we should be, but then we're, we're getting stuff about hey, the planet's restoring, and you know there's fucking octopus back in Vienna in the lakes, whatever that means. But one thing that I did think about is um, with it being. Uh, Plastic free month, the amount of other days or other things that we are not aware of, which are happening around us. Everything seems to have an appreciation day or appreciation month now, right? We all remember Pancake Tuesday. 
I don't know what significance that is. I don't know what the origins of Pancake Tuesday are. Um, thankfully, with the joys of Google, origins of Pancake Tuesday. Well, I mean, it's Shrove Tuesday, isn't it? So, what, I mean, here we go. Uh, Shrove, I mean, what even is Shrove? Shrove Tuesday is the day before Ash Wednesday. What is Ash Wednesday? Uh, observed in many Christian countries through participating in confession and absolution. So it's a Catholic thing. The ritual burning of the previous year's Holy Week palms. Finalising one's Lenten sacrifice as well as eating pancakes and other sweets. What? Shrove Tuesday was named after the custom of Christians to be shriven before the start of Lent in the United Kingdom, Ireland and parts of the Commonwealth. Shrove Tuesday is also known as Pancake Day or Pancake Tuesday as it became a tradition custom to eat pancakes as a meal. In the name of the wee man. I mean, what is Ash Wednesday? And what does it mean to be shriven? What happened on Shrove Tuesday in the Bible? Here we go. Shrove Tuesday gets its name from the ritual of shriving that Christians used to undergo in the past. In shriving, a person confesses their sins and receives absolution for them. In the week immediately before Lent, everyone shall go to the confessor, to the confessor, and confess his deeds, and the confessor shall shall so shrive him. Okay. So you go to the confessor to be shrived upon. And then you have a pancake. Fuck knows. Eh? Religion's metal. Anyway, so what I was thinking about is the different days that we have missed. For example, 12th of July, which may be known uh, for some people in the West and parts of Northern Ireland for some completely different, the 12th of July in the UK was the start of Love's Park Week. What? Where you just go and you love love your park. I mean, who who makes up this stuff? Why do they do it? Why do we do this kind of thing? When nobody even knows anything about it. Nobody knows about it. Nobody cares about it. Why why do we have these things? July twenty third, National Vanilla Ice Cream Day. Why? Why why not just have a I was going to say, why not just have a National Ice Cream Day? Why even have that? Why do we have a National Vanilla Ice Cream Day? Quickly followed on July 24th by National Tequila Day. (laughs) They've got to please all of the bases. Now, here, here we go, right? 23rd, 24th, 25th of July, right? So this coming Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Okay? So on Thursday, 23rd of July, National Villa Vanilla Ice Cream Day. Right? So we should all be out there eating vanilla ice cream and showing the world our appreciation for vanilla ice cream. Which, if done right, in my opinion, is the best ice cream there is. Right? I know some of you might be going... But I want chocolate chips or blueberries in mine or essence of fucking quail's egg. I'm telling you right now, a good vanilla ice cream is better than anything else. So that's that's where you go on the Thursday. 
Then, Friday, 24th, National Tequila Day. Right? So get out there, enjoy your tequila, get out your nut, and then on the 25th, it's National Preserving Appreciation Day. Making jam. What? Vanilla ice cream, tequila, and making jam. And then at the end of the month, you've got uh, National Tiger Day. Sorry, International. My apologies, because there isn't many tigers in the UK. International Tiger Day on uh, July 29th. Which is madness. Absolute madness. It gets even worse when we go to the American one on the 3rd of July. I mean, we've missed it. But stick it in your calendars for next year. 3rd of July in America, it's Air Conditioning Appreciation Day. <laughs> Air condition, Conditioning Appreciation Day. Also not to be confused with Eat Beans Day, which also falls on the 3rd of July. So on the 3rd of July in America, um, you should be eating beans and then sitting in front of your air condition appreciating it. July 4th. Jackfruit Day in America, July 5th, Bikini Day, why not, International Kissing Day, 6th of July, here's a belter, July the 7th, which we've missed, in America, Cow Appreciation Day. <laughs> why do we, why do we have this stuff? This is the kind, this is the kind of thing that annoys me, and it shouldn't, because it's just a, it's nothing, it's meaningless, why should it annoy you? But it does, it annoys me. Cow Appreciation Day. Chocolate with almonds day. With almonds, nothing else. Sugar cookie day. Great British Pee Week. The Great British Pee Week in America ran from Monday, July 6th to Sunday, July 12th. For a full seven days, the Americans showed their appreciation for the Great British Pee July 10th, Pina Colada Day. July 10th, also Kebab Day. Now, there's a good day. There's a decent day, right? You can have a Pina Colada and you can have a Kebab on July 10th in America. Blueberry Muffin Day, you're probably wondering, when's Blueberry Muffin Day? I'll tell you, it's Saturday the 11th of July in America. Favourite children's game? Etch-a-Sketch. Has it got a day? Of course I have. July 12th. <laughs> This is just, this is just nonsense, right? Surely days where you are appreciating something or remembering something, it should be a day where it has significance, not air conditioning or ice cream. But as I'm saying this, I, I am looking at an appreciation day here in America on my birthday, July 16th. And any feeling I had towards this being a stupid thing or, you know, Pancake Day or it may have some religious ties but it doesn't really anymore, does it? And, you know, National Vanilla Ice Cream Day or Tequila Day, these are things that are that are nonsense, that are just stupid. And, and maybe things like, you know, National Care Week or um, Plastic Free Months, like we're doing with Plastic Free July, maybe things like that are being are being lost or being belittled. For example, Movember, right, or, or or dry January. Things like this are being 
are being lost and the significance of it and the importance of these issues are being thrown out because we have National Vanilla Ice Cream Day, National Tequila Day, National Cow Appreciation Day. But then I see a day here in front of me, July 16th, 2020. A day that means something to me, but maybe meant something to you for very different reasons. Because it is Guinea Pig Appreciation Day. What a day. What a day. You may have seen the news stories, articles about the Zodiac signs. You may even have been confronted by friends, family, colleagues losing their fucking minds because they woke up a cancer and came to bed a Leo or whatever the changes have been. You know, I myself for a second was was dragged in to the nonsense to think I'm now a Gemini. What does that mean? Many of us uh, will have seen people post on the cesspit that is social media claiming to that they no longer know themselves. What the fuck? I think the the stuff that came for this story was that I was so blown away by the fact that people genuinely believe in star signs. That is mind blowing. I saw a nut. I mean, no, I'm not talking one or two. I saw a number of posts from people, and that these are the people who are like, you know, idiots. You know who you you would expect it from these. Some of these people are business owners, successful people in their own right, claiming that they now no longer know who they are, or what makes them up. Have decisions they've made in the past been wrong, based on their star sign? And you're like, what the fuck is going on? I can't. Even... People at Mystic Meg. And getting your horoscope in a newspaper. Surely that is a joke. Surely that's a comedy thing. Like surely people are reading horoscopes and star signs and laughing at them. But no. It turns out I'm in the wrong. It turns out that people take this shit seriously. So you would have seen it that apparently NASA had, uh, you know brought out a new zodiac sign or discovered a new sign and then it turns out that even nasa themselves like this is all bullshit we have they done this this comes out every now and again and and the, the alarming thing about that is an institution like nasa is, is able to have world spread media claiming a bullshit story about fucking nasa and everybody takes it as gospel I saw people posting, I went to bed a cancer and I have woke up a Scorpio and suddenly I'm starting to question, you know, should I leave my family because as a Scorpio, I'm meant to be a strong, independent person and, and I feel as if they're hard to be by like, what the fuck are you talking about? Is this a, do you know what, see all this stuff, this is all just a strand of people's mental health where a lot of people don't want to go and get help or admit there's something wrong with them. And they look, they look for answers and, and problems and questions that one don't exist. 
or you try and complete the answer or fill something in with with a, with a information and, and and stuff that's totally wrong. You know, an article here in the Independent from NASA themselves it has said um, that even in bold lettering, right now this is. Days after the uh, original publication saying that there was new star signs out there, right? And the new star sign, I can't even say it. Op, off a cook, off a cookus, opocius, opopocius. At least the other ones, Cancer, Leo, fucking Gemini, right? Whatever they are, they're easy to say. Opacopocus. <laughs> Imagine waiting up going, I'm an opacopocus, mum. What does that mean? It means you're a lazy bastard. That's the reason to get a fucking job. NASA, and then this is NASA, this is not like a guy in a shed, you know, that builds rockets like the fucking British space race, right, I've been to NASA, it's incredible, right, I saw a spacesuit, $480, did I want to buy it, yes, did I buy it, no, I wish I fucking did, there isn't a day goes by when I don't think about that spacesuit, this is NASA, imagine being at NASA, Sitting in the office, interrogating aliens, looking through stuff for Roswell. You know, doing mad fucking tests on laser guns and fucking shit that we found out in space. And somebody comes in going, one of you is going to have to come out here. I'm fucking sick of these questions. They're, they're asking about this bloody star sign again. Somebody's going to have to go out here and make a statement. I'm trying to interrogate a fucking alien. Look, he's not going anywhere. You've cut all his arms off. Strap him to the seat, put down that laser gun, and one of you fuckers go here and talk to the world press because they're doing my fucking boxing. NASA. Right? No, the Cambodian space race. No, the fucking Norwegians. Actual fucking NASA. And the first line of this article says NASA have confirmed that it did not make a new star sign. End of article. That's it. But instead it goes on. Despite numerous articles suggesting otherwise, the space agency said that it has made no change to the Zodiac and pointed out, this is the best bit about NASA, it has pointed out that astrology, which is not a science, is separate to astronomy. Which is science. I mean that. NASA can't even include. That's basically NASA saying. Listen up. You dumb sacks of fucking human waste. Astrology. Is not science. It is made up. For magazines. And shysters. To sell you lies. Astronomy however. The study of the stars in the universe. Is fucking real. Is science, and we can prove it. Let me say that to you again. We didn't make a zodiac. We don't deal with astrology because it's made up bullshit. We deal with astronomy. That just sums up that people don't know the difference between astrology and astronomy. In a blog post, NASA went on further. Amazing that NASA have still got a blog. Catch up, guys. Um, although maybe maybe NASA is unveiling secrets. In a blog post, and because it's 2020, and every fucker's on a podcast, maybe we're not reading NASA's blog. 
Maybe we need to start reading NASA's blog. Maybe NASA needs to start doing a podcast. Would you listen to a podcast for NASA? I probably would. NASA explained that the Zodiac, which people based their astrology sign on, are simply constellations that are in line with the Earth and the Sun as the planet follows its orbit. That post was originally written in 2016 in response to one of many previous times the story had been circulated. But NASA had tweeted, oh aye, NASA tweeted it again after the last outbreak of panic. We see your comments about a Zodiac story that re-emerges every few years. No, we did not change the Zodiac, it wrote, linking out, sorry, linking out to a Tumblr post that explained which explained what had actually happened. The space agency made it clear that it was the Babylonians who 3,000 years ago divided the Zodiac into 12 parts based on the 12 months of their calendar. While there was a 13th constellation, Opacopacopacopacus, the Babylonians decided to leave it out for the sake of neat division. Go on, the Babylonians! The line from Earth through the Sun points to Virgo for 45 days, but it points to Scorpio for only 7 days. To make a tidy match with their 12-month calendar, the Babylonians ignored the fact that the Sun actually moves through 13 constellations and not 12. Then they assigned each of those 12 constellations equally amounts of time, NASA explains. Since then, the Earth has also shifted on its axis, and so the Sun points to different parts of the Zodiac at different times. So, we didn't change any Zodiac signs, we just did the math. The Space Agency blogs concluded. The only important aspect of astrology is that enough people subscribe to it, people can stick with their existing star sign or they can use a new one. And as long as astrologers are using the same system, people will gain the same amount of insight or lack of theory. There you go. Um, we should probably learn more about the Babylonians. Who knew that the... Uh, I'll be honest, I did not know that the Babylonians were responsible for uh, the zodiac signs. Uh, I quite like saying the word Babylonians. Um... Who knew that they were around 3,000 years ago? Uh, Babylonians. Babylonians. While many have suggested the space agency had a breakthrough or discovered new constellations, oh my god, NASA has repeatedly discovered astrology, uh, would not desire to change star signs even if it had the power to, which it does not. No one has shown that astrology can be used to predict the future or describe what people are like based on their birth date, NASA says. Still, like reading fantasy stories, many people enjoy reading their astrology forecast or horoscope in the newspaper every day. So NASA's basically saying, if you believe in astrology and you read your horoscope, that you are a basic bitch. And do you know what, NASA? I'm on board with you, mate. I don't think I've ever... If you... And I know people you know, can do things and read things and, and maybe believe in your horoscope, if it brings you comfort, who's it hurting? It's no hurting anyone, but if you if you actually believe in these things, that's that's worrying, man. That's worrying that you think that you can be born on a certain day under a certain star sign and that can somehow have a, a bearing on your life. That's that's worrying, man. These things are, are, are written by people, so it is intentionally misleading and intentionally vague so you have the opportunity of getting everything your heart desires you know never has a horoscope i imagine been printed going don't leave the house that's all it says everybody else gets a 
someone new is going to come into your life, lucky numbers are 14 and 52, and then you go out and you try and make connections that aren't there in order to make that true. No one has ever printed, and that's what they should do. They should just print one star sign a month and just go, whatever you do, don't look behind you. But the bold NASA telling you all, they fucking grow up. Imagine being in NASA and being dragged out to have to go and comment on something like that, man. You'd be absolutely fucking raging. I, I remember um, being in... in at the space station and being completely blown away by it now the americans do you know marketing very well and they do the whole kind of you know you really you really buy into it but what i did find interesting is a lot of the things that we use you know day to day or, or stuff in our life that we take for granted was invented by nasa now a, a lot of it um, when you go and do the tour and you, and you watch this presentation thing, which is done by Tom Hanks, which was a bit weird, but it was Apollo 13 and all that, so, you know, that's why. You you realise that there are certain things which NASA engineers were working on, which necessarily, in the end, weren't used for space travel or, or, or for the thing they were originally being designed for, but could be used by the public day to day. So things like that I can remember off the top of my head, child seats for cars were invented by NASA or using NASA technology. Um, I, I believe, I, I don't know if it's a vent or a valve that's used in heart transplants came from NASA technology. Um, there, there are loads of there are loads of things. In fact, there are stuff that we'll use now on, on every single day of our lives that I suppose if it wasn't for... Now, this article says if it wasn't for, um, you know, NASA or space travel, we wouldn't have these things. That's maybe not. Ne- I don't. You know, I don't buy it. Now, I imagine as as a as a group of people, or a race, we would have eventually evolved. We would be moving down this way anyway. But one of the things that stands out is camera phones. The camera on your phone, right now. I can remember watching a documentary years ago and it's talking about things like technology is 10 years in the future. So, for example, the technology that we have currently, whether that be our phones or our televisions, whatever it is technology-wise, that has taken 10 years to create, develop, um, finalise, get it down and then get it to market. So it takes about 10 years, right? I imagine that window is becoming increasingly shorter as technology advances go on and as the demand for technology increases. But something like a camera phone or a smartphone would have been in development 10 years previous before it reached the market, right? That's why you always hear about these cool things that are coming out. Uh, and some of them are, you know, finally materialising the marketplace and, and others don't. Camera phones, however through NASA and through the, the space program, helped develop it. So in 1990, a team of jet propulsion lab... Sorry, let me read that again because this has got a lot of big fancy words in it and my little working class brain is struggling. In the 1990s, a team at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, known as GPL, worked to create cameras small enough to fit on spacecraft 
and with scientific quality. One third of all cameras contain this technology. So a third of all camera phones on smartphones contain technology from the Jet Propulsion Laboratory at NASA. That is mental. Other things that maybe aren't as fancy, but certainly used every day. Me, for example, scratch-resistant lenses. I have that. The Lewis uh, Research Centre attempted to develop diamond-hard coatings for aerospace systems, later creating a technique that was developed and patented for just that purpose. So scratch-resistant lenses, which I imagine a lot of us have, came from uh, a space race from NASA. CAT scans, something that I have used, uh, development radio technology, again, Jet Propulsion Lab uh, helped to do that. LEDs came from NASA. Landmine removals, maybe something we don't use on a day-to-day basis. This is something that I found quite uh, interesting. Athletic shoes, right? Hear me out. Um, Nike Air Trainers wouldn't exist if it weren't for suit construction technology developed by NASA. Apparently, it was a former NASA engineer that first pitched the idea. It, when when you, If you ever get a chance to go, some of the stuff that they show you is, is amazing. Uh, little things here. Like, remember the Dirt Buster? Dust Buster. Remember those wee tiny vacuums that you get that you would use to clean up your car? Again, NASA helped promote... NASA approached Black & Decker to develop a lightweight device to collect samples on the moon. How mental is that? The, the, the very technology that is used in your handheld hoover to clean bits of crisp, bits of dead skin, shit from all the crevices in your car is the same technology that was used by astronauts to collect samples from the moon. That is insane. Loads and loads of stuff here. Uh, home insulation, uh, ear thermometers. Uh, NASA and Diatech developed an 8-ounce oral thermometer which uses infrared astronomy technology to measure the amount of energy emitted by the eardrum. I mean, where do you even begin to to, to start on this stuff? It's, it's so... Technology and the intelligence of these people, even to take that idea of needing to be able to take someone's temperature if they're ill, like an ear thermometer, and and actually being able to go away and construct something, come up with that. It's it's I, I find it fascinating. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Uh, home installation, wireless headphones. Uh, NASA being one of the forerunners for advanced communication technology to develop these headsets to allow astronauts to be hands-free without wires. So many of us now have wireless headsets. Again, technology driven by NASA. Memory phone, the jaws of life, which you may not know what they are, but you will have seen them all in these daft programs. It is the um, cutting device that the fire engine or fire services will use to extract people from cars. Uh, an extraction tool uh, to free people from mangled vehicles, the Jaws of Life applies a miniature version of the explosive charge used to separate devices on the space shuttle. That is mental. That is mental. So the explosive charge used to separate devices on the space shuttle is the same technology in a miniature version that applies to the Jaws of Life in order to cut through mangled vehicles. That is insane. 
freeze dry food, obviously we know about that, astronaut food. Um never had it. Baby formula. Infant formula now contains a nutritional enrichment ingredient, the origins of which can be traced back to NASA's sponsored research that explored the use of algae for long duration space travel. Artificial limbs. I remember this. This was uh, quite a big bit that I saw over in NASA. Uh, NASA's in- NASA's innovations into shock absorbing absorption materials, coupled with robotic and extravehicular activities, are being adapted to create more functionally dynamic dynamic artificial limbs. I cannot read today. Computer mouses, uh, portal computers, uh, loads of other things, all done by NASA. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. 12 things you didn't know in very Biasda. Baby film, we've done that. A mouse for a computer, running shoes, cell phone cameras, scratch resistant lenses, safe highways, water filtration. Loads of stuff. NASA is a, a fascinating, fascinating thing. Even space, even... Space travel, it's, it's it's fascinating to think of what else is out there. But you know, there you go. The bold NASA, the bold NASA saying, hey, we've invented scratch-resistant lenses, baby formula, and a fake limb. Do you think we'd be fucking about with an extra sarsi? Don't be so bloody ridiculous. Get back to work and shut your faces. But this is why, do you think anybody at NASA... Believes in a horoscope. I bloody think not. I bloody think not. I imagine those people are... You know, they're too smart for that kind of... No, I'm not saying you're an idiot. If you're into horoscopes. I'm just saying... NASA didn't invent one. Have, if you've got a problem, speak to the Babylonians. <laughs> That's what you should do. Speak to the Babylonians. About your goddamn star sign. Um, I can't even, I, I don't even know what mine was. I think it was Gemini. Um, what does uh, Gemini mean? There we go. Uh, Gemini, born between May 22nd and June 22nd, which isn't me, right? I'm July. Um, belongs to the air element of the Zodiac, along with Libra and Aquarius. Uh, 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 air signs are smart, sharp and speedy. Well, that's not me, so I'm Cancer. Good old Cancer. So let's see what that's talking about. Uh, cancer is the fourth sign of the Zodiac and is represented by the crab. Yes, it is. They are primarily known for being emotional. I am nurturing. Come on. And highly intuitive as well as sensitive and at times insecure. I mean, in the name of God, symbol the crab, planet the moon, element water. I mean, if that isn't me, everything I just said in that rant, I take back, because that's 100% bang on the money. <laughs> Emotional? Yes. I love a good cry. Huh? Anything sad on the telly? Extreme Makeover Home Edition? You know that gets me bubbling. Uh, nurturing? Just ask the tour manager. I'm the best father he could ever ask for. Highly intuitive? Don't know about that. Sensitive and at times insecure. Aren't we all insecure? In a world where we are bombarded with perfection and ideas, imagery of perfection in social media, aren't we all insecure, Sandra? Planet is the moon. Don't know what that means. 
An element is water. Now, I enjoy a swim. Uh, I, I am a fan of um, a, a jacuzzi. Terrified of water. My my honestly my my fear is drowning. I don't do anything to put myself in that position. But I am a. Uh, maybe that's maybe that maybe that's what that means with water. Uh, positive cancer traits: loyal, protective, uh, intuitive, caring. Yes. Negative cancer. Here we go. Overly sensitive. Uh huh. Moody. You're damn right. Vindictive. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Cancers like to get their way. Uh, yes, you're right. So who knows? There you go. Uh, NASA telling us that. I just love the line about, hey, astrology is a load of shite, but astronomy is actual science. Oh my God, that was a big yawn at the end there. Apologies for that. Um, I need to get back on the coffee. Right team, we are vastly approaching uh, the hour uh, and the end of another episode. Thank you to everyone who has listened. If you have any questions uh, or topics for the podcast, then please do get in touch. Um, go to the website scottgibsoncomedy.co.uk, follow all the links there. You can also send me any messages on the website if you like. Please do uh, consider becoming a patron, sign up to the Patreon uh, now for as little as $5 a month. You will get access to all of the episodes plus the extra goodies that are on there. Um, that's it, really. Uh, look after yourself, stay safe. Uh, Wednesday night, as always, we'll be playing the quiz. 8.30 on Facebook for the quarantine quiz. Come and join us. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Right, the music is playing. I'm going to let this one go. Um, stay safe, look after yourselves, wash your hands, and your assholes. I'll see you in the battlefield soon. Onwards. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.